Ruth chapter 4, verses 11 to 22. Then all the people who were at the gate and the elders said, We are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your house like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the house of Israel. May you act worthily in Ephrathah and be renowned in Bethlehem. And may your house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah because of the offspring that the Lord will give you by this young woman. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. And he went into her, and the Lord gave her conception, and she bore a son. Then the, woman said to Ni- then the women said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, who has not left you this day without a Redeemer, and may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons, has given birth to him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her lap and became his nurse. And the women of the neighborhood gave him a name, saying, A son has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. Now, these are the generations of Perez. Perez fathered Hezron. Hezron fathered Ram. Ram fathered Aminadab. Aminadab fathered Nashon. Nashon fathered Salmon. Salmon fathered Boaz. Boaz fathered Obed. Obed fathered Jesse. And Jesse fathered David. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. All right, here we are in Ruth. And yesterday we were in Judges. I really like Ruth because um, it opens up by telling us that it's in the days of the Judges. And so in Judges, you basically see the world like burning down Mm -hmm. and and you get the clear snapshot of just how screwed up this chosen people that God has chosen for himself really are. And then Ruth, it it kind of flips the card and or, or gives you a magnifying glass really of you see the the chaos that's happening on a big scale and judges and all these people who might be the redeemer, but then it all falls apart and they go back into captivity. And yet God is working in the background. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the primary ways is he's actually starting the kingly line. And, and uh, this is through this Moabite woman, which would have been the least expected of ways. So these kinds. What are y'all's thoughts on this in the Advent season? I, I don't know if this is what we're supposed to talk about, but something that like <laughs> struck me as we're we going to talk about it anyway. Well, as we were reading the passage is, um, you know, I, I don't know, like, you know, my family, we've got a couple of things that like, we're certainly not proud of. <laughs> and usually like when you're telling the story of your family, you, you know, you don't like lead with those. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and I just think it's so interesting here, you know, they're kind of celebrating all of this that's happened. And, you know, I understand like Rachel and Leah building the house of, of Jacob, but that's kind of a weird story. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like this, you know, war between these women that now obviously God used that he produced the 12 sons, but it's not fun to read. Yeah, it's kind of like, oh yeah, that was really weird when he had the two wives that were sisters and he didn't really love the one, but then he kind of liked her because she bore a lot of kids. I mean, it was just a weird yeah, story. Yeah. And then then he like doubles down and goes Tamar and Judah, which is even weirder. 
Yep. And yeah. so <laughs> yeah. it's kind of weird that <laughs> as this celebration of what God has yeah. done and, and that now Boaz has this wife and that Ruth has been redeemed and that they're going to have these children, but like the blessing that they're giving it is weird. Now, obviously the story of Boaz and Ruth itself is also kind of weird. So maybe it's more poignant than I'm giving it credit for, but it's, it's interesting, you know, how unmythological in a sense the Bible is like, the, the Bible doesn't avoid its weirdness. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done that to the Bible, I think. Mm-hmm. We have like tried to make the Bible less weird. But if you actually read the Bible, there's just a lot of weird stuff going on that actually, to my point about the Dees family, mirrors actual human life. It's yeah. not these mythological stories. It's how things actually happen where, you know, sometimes um, women get jealous you know trying to love two women is like a ball and chain to quote the oak ridge boys as as jacob uh as jacob found out or you know this weird tamar and judah story uh that is also you know kind of bizarre but the lord through that um has done something and even this ruth story um which again i mean begins in this kind of cowardly way um and obviously ruth a moabitess i mean this is not um, this is not a blessed nation, that this is a pagan people far from God. And yet it's this woman, uh, and again, this kind of strange way that the Lord uses to bring about his kingly line. And I know we're going to get there, but yeah, that was the first thing that yeah. hit me. Well, and I think uh, Matthew, the gospel writer, is trying to drive home thing. exactly that point because in his genealogy in Matthew 1, mm-hmm. we get exactly what we see here at the end of Ruth. So the same names, father, uh, Perez fathered Hezron, Hezron fathered Ram and so forth. But Matthew adds into that the names of these women who all create, you know, they all come from these difficult situations, play into these difficult um, parts of the story. He mentions them. So he mentions uh, Tamar. And he also adds here that Salmon, the father of Boaz, married Rahab. Right. Which is another one of these redemptive moments where this prostitute Canaanite is brought into the people of God. So fascinating that God works through these difficult situations. (laughs) Following this stream throughout history to Christ it wouldn't be what it is without God working through mm-hmm. these these things. And it speaks to the redemptive nature of God. I mean, exactly. it speaks to God as a savior. I mean, yes. that, that really is the idea here. Right. You know, God saves. And, you know, Rahab is such a, a beautiful picture of that. Um, here she is, prostitute in, in Jericho. And I know we talked about this, you know, as we were looking at the book of Exodus. I love that, you know, she hears from afar the story of God many years before. I mean, that's something that had happened many years before. And um, she's eager to help God's people. God had redeemed her through the word mm-hmm. um, of his interaction with his people, which is exactly what the Lord is still doing still to this day. And following in light of Advent, this story of God working throughout history to bring his son to the world, which Matthew is doing by starting with the genealogy, Matthew makes sure to include these foreign women, they're not Jews, mm-hmm. uh, right? They're Canaanites, they're Moabites. Uh, and so that's indicating that God's purpose, as we've said several times, Will, 
talking about Abraham and through Abraham, all the nations shall be blessed, right? His purpose is to draw the nations together Mm. to worship. Uh, And so you see that even in, you know, we like to, we often overlook these genealogies, but there's important theological truth here. Even this genealogy at the end of the book that through Ruth's faithfulness, because she is faithful in this book, Jesse fathered David and David becomes the king of Israel. And who is Jesus but the son of David, right? The fulfillment of this messianic king. Yeah, it, it speaks to how the redemption of God often moves much more silently than we would expect. You know, I mentioned the book of Judges. And, you know, at this moment in history, if, you know, you had to guess and pin the tail on the donkey of where is God, you know, working to bring about a redeemer through a bloodline. You know, there, there's all these leaders and conquerors and rebels like Samson, who's like, oh, if God would just, you know, like team up with that guy or this bloodline or this house, then then we could wrap up the whole Bible right here. You know, like mm-hmm. we can bring the redeemer right here. And yet God chooses to work really quietly through this Moabite woman through this tarnished bloodline to bring up about a redeemer. And, you know, as we await the advent of the savior, I think it's so great to be reminded of how God's redemption uh, moves in those unexpected yet faithful manners. Yeah. Well, for Jason Dees and Will Carlisle, I'm the other Will, Will Kynes. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.